My name is PJ Rohl, a co-founder of About Fraud. You can probably tell from uh, what I'm wearing and what we've been doing here. So uh, About Fraud um, launched Fraud Fight Club within FinTech Nexus, but we're a digital community for fraud fighters, educational resource hub, try to aggregate it all together and build a community um, to support fraud fighters. And my name is Ronald. I'm the co-founder of About Fraud. And my background is a bit on the edge between merchants and banks. So I've been working for big merchants like Booking.com. I've been working on the provider side. I've been working with payment providers. And yeah, we, we launched Fraud Fight Lab and we are happy that all of you are here today. So uh, before we get into it, a lot of us have been here yesterday, today, we spent a lot of time together hearing some really thought-provoking conversations. I just want to take a second to recognize these two guys that made this all happen. I'm sure we've had months of, uh, of sweat and tears that have gone into this, and it, it really has come together well. Um, yeah, so we, we, we already heard about how to uh, get the, the business case approved. We've talked about how to structure the fraud program. We wanted to drill down a little bit into the solution provider space. I'll start by saying our, our goal here is not to name a single vendor. This is not about making a recommendation of a vendor uh, in, in any specific category, but really about talking about the, the process, how to think about it, how to approach it, what are some of the things that we've seen go right or, or, uh, or go wrong over the course of, of vendor selection and, and putting things together into a, an ecosystem that, that works. Um, maybe I'll just start with, uh, I mean, we've heard over the last day and a half, uh, a number of times people say there's no single silver bullet. There's no single solution that's going to solve all of the fraud issues that are out there. Um, you know, platforms need to be tailored. Um, PJ, I'll, I'll throw the first question to you, but can you talk a little bit about the importance of understanding the organization's goals, their, their use cases, their budget, um, the, the gaps that they have when they're evaluating solutions? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the challenge is there's so many vendors out there. When I started back in 2011, fraud fighting, there was, there was a handful and some new up and coming ones. So. Um, it's tempting to see new shiny objects and uh, your friends say certain things are good and you know you go running with their AI and machine learning which everybody has and or says. So um, what I think you, you need to do is you, um, you need to start understanding kind of the buckets that they fall under. Some are big fraud platforms, some are really strong data sources, some are uh, a mix of a lot of different things. And, and understanding, um, you know, is that a gap for you? So gap analysis, everyone does gap analysis, but across the user journey, there are very critical pain points, onboarding, logging back in, you know, for account takeovers, payment, uh, payment fraud, and many different MOs underneath there. So you may have some technology and data that's working really well at one point, but you're getting kind of crushed in another area. And then when you, um, when you kind of understand, understand those points, understand your challenges, uh, Aaron kind of mentioned, you need to understand how your uh, kind of ship is running before you um, uh, run to a, to a vendor and say, yeah, you can help. Um, and then when you're working with that vendor, make sure they understand your challenges. Because um, 
you know, some vendors are great with this, some are, are more challenged, um, saying their, their technology, their data sources are, um, can solve every, every fraud use case. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's very helpful if, if you really know where your gaps are, if you know how to articulate that once you've kind of narrowed down it to the buckets that you, you want to consider it, and um, hopefully you'll um, engage in some good conversations if they can uh, speak the same language as you and, and explain how they can help fill those gaps. Ronald, any thoughts on that one? Any specific factors that, that firms would want to, to make sure that they consider? Yeah, I mean, let's skip the, the tech side. What I have seen often is also getting a clear picture about the, is there a good fit of a DNA between the companies? Uh, because some banks have a different speed than others, and some providers maybe are too fast or too slow for certain banks or for certain institutions. I think that's often a point which is not considered straight from the beginning when you're looking at providers. Maybe that's something out of the box really looking about is a really good fit and also what I've seen sometimes, some providers claiming to have an open AI platform and maybe that's very attractive for some banks, great, I can do my own models, but often they don't have the full capabilities in really executing on this, so they need to go back to the provider and asking for service. So that's why it's not only looking about the tech, but also how you're going to operate this down the road. So that, there's a long list to consider when you're really starting looking at different providers. So really interesting points about thinking not only about today, but, but down the road. Can they scale with you if you're a scaling business? Can they help you with additional product sets as, as you plan to grow? Uh, can they evolve into new fraud typologies or, or identity uh, related risks? Or, or would you need additional providers? G great thoughts there. Um, I think, I think we've all been involved in, in vendor selection or vendor evaluation processes for, for various institutions. Uh, PJ, from, from your perspective, what, what are some of the pitfalls that you've seen and, and, and what does better look like? Yeah. Um, I mean, I mentioned it before, kind of tongue-in-cheek about AI and ML. It, there is some fantastic AI and ML out there. There is um, models um, that can be trained, and if you have the amount of data and you have uh, the budget to kind of invest in some of those models, that's great. But I don't think we should lose sight on other um, strategies, processes, rules, rules, well-positioned rules with the right data and the right processes and humans behind it can work really well. Um, and so. I think it's, it's just important to understand um, what technology, what, what it's actually going to achieve. Self-learning is great. Does it need to be trained? Is it unsupervised models? Really, really dive deeply into the technology you're looking at. Move beyond um, just the analytics engine, whether it's rules or, um, or machine learning, and the case management systems and the operational workflows. And, um, and, and, and explore kind of, kind of the, that full stack because it's, it's um, you know, the marketing messaging can get to be a lot of the same sounding things and um, you need to go a layer deeper and you need to um, not immediately jump to something just because it's new and just because it has, you know, the words ML or advanced analytics in it. Where I see a, a big challenge for many organizations actually running a POC. Uh, because, again, from the outside, a lot of companies looking similar or claiming similar things. 
so at the end, you need, need, need to test it. And a lot of companies actually are challenged quite hard to really test something new. Uh, I mean, nowadays, we also have a new category, which we're also going to put up in a second. It's like orchestration layers. Uh, because they are trying to solve the problem, how can you do A-B testing, how can you avoid different integrations. So that's a kind of new thing where potentially you can run different tests without having an army of uh, IT people integrating new things and doing new things all the time. So that's potentially something where you could maybe test something in the sandbox or doing something new without taking a math, massive undertaking in implementing different providers of doing an A-B test. One more thing, Ronald had a great point about POCs, and they can take time and uh, be a cost, depending. And so can RFPs. But if you are going to go through that process, having been on the other side filling out RFPs um, from, from the vendor side, um, be very intentional about the questions. And I know it's tough. You're going across different groups. You're trying to get all the, the product insight, the fraud insight, making sure um, you're asking so many questions, but a lot of times you're asking the exact same question in 4,000 different ways. And be, um, so longer isn't better, and be intentional about um, what you're asking, and um, often if you get that salesy response, um, push, push, and try and really get a little bit more information, um, because, um, RFPs are good, but they've, in my opinion, become very standardized, very kind of tick box, tick box exercises, and you're not um, learning as much as maybe you could with a process like that. And how often have you been through a process like that? And you know maybe the, the intent behind the question, but the question doesn't really give you the opportunity to, to articulate it. Sometimes the conversation is more valuable than, than the RFP itself. Yeah, and some vendors will be proactive on how they clarified, and you can that says something about how much, um, how much they want to commit to making sure they're providing the right answer in the right way uh, on time. And, you know, so, so part of that process can, can reveal how how much does a vendor really want to um, show how their fraud solution stands out? Um, but then on, 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 the, on the banking side, or whoever's creating the RFP, um, may, you know, meet them in the middle. Make the process as valuable. You know, if you all have to go through the, uh, the many questions and the many review processes to, to narrow, narrow down the field. So we've, we've heard over the last couple of days about MRM, model risk, we've talked about InfoSec reviews, a number of different reviews that have to, to be uh, applied before a vendor can really come you know, into the firewall and, and be implemented, even for proof of concept. Uh, talk to me, maybe Ronald, talk to me a little bit about what you've seen, big institutions, small institutions, fintechs, banks, you know, how do you best get to a place where you can actually demonstrate value? I will give you a negative example. I worked last year with a company in Europe, a smaller fintech, uh, and I supported them with an RFP process. Um, and they selected the provider. Everything was looking good from a technology point, IT from a compliance point, and they started to implement a provider and actually filed bankruptcy. So it was a lot of effort for nothing, uh, but all the boxes, like Peter mentioned before, was ticked. So we had the procurement department involved, the compliance department involved, did all kind of checks behind the scene, but uh, then during the implementation phase, they actually realized the company is not going to make it. Uh, 
very negative example, uh, but it also happens nowadays with some of the uh, fintechs who are starting in an early phase, maybe funding's not coming in anymore. Uh, so that's also important to consider how you structure your selection process. Uh, but also in many cases, when we talk to vendors, I mean, we have at about fraud over 100 vendors in our platform, so we talk to, to many of them, and a big statement is often, we're not going to replace existing infrastructure. We're going to be something in addition, because everybody's afraid to take something out of an infrastructure, because there's always someone in an organization who was implementing this like 20 years ago, and now they're taking something out, could be getting some hard feelings. So that's why a lot of providers actually make the claim, I'm going to sit on top, I'm going to add a new function, I'm going to add new data points, but not ripping something off. Yeah, we've, I think, uh, at least in my experience as a consultant for, for almost 20 years, I've, I've helped a lot of firms that have some of those incumbent solutions in place and, and and they feel like we're just not we're not getting the value out of it it's just you know it's not doing what what it used to do or it's not doing what what it's supposed to do uh, you know do I have to rip it out do I replace it do I put something on top of it you know how do I how do I come at this and um, you know in a lot of cases I'll say that in my experience, once you get under the covers, you realize that it was set and forget 15 years ago, or you, you know, you've got a technology that may have been fit for, for a specific purpose at the time, but it, the, the risk has changed. You know, the fraud typologies have, have evolved. How do you think about that? You know, do you replace something existing, or do you go with something new? Yeah, I mean, it obviously depends how you're set up now and how hard it is to replace something. And uh, I mean, with um, being able to plug in APIs and different data sources and, and be lean and use an orchestration hub and um, kind of plug in uh, certain data sources and unplug them when they don't work is a, is a, is a great model. You, you, can, you can kind of test different um, technology and tools. Um, but there, you know, if you, um, especially if it's a bigger, heavier platform, um, if you're investing in that, it, it's still going to be probably pretty hard to rip out. And I guess to, to, to Ronald's point, doing POCs, um, you know, uh, case studies are, are good, but also, um, you know, uh, talking to others uh, in the industry who have used that, that technology before, that's a slippery slope. You don't want to look to your peers and say, well, you used it, I'm going to use it, but because um, you, you have different problems, different banks, different challenges. But... Um, People you trust in the industry who've had certain experiences and have used it uh, in, in, you know, in live and in, in the field, um, that can be good insight. So you, you do, um, between case studies, POCs, and um, you know, recommendations and really talking to, to friends or, or colleagues you trust um, will, will help hopefully reduce some of that risk of, of those pain points. And then, yeah, as much as you can get more um, agile, um, you know, API plug, plugged in uh, data sources that can be um, more easily removed with the help of an orchestration hub, that could be an attractive option as well. So you've talked about 100 vendors that, that, that you interacted with. You've talked about the, the, the landscape that, that About Fraud has put together. Do you want to just spend a little bit of time talking about what that landscape is before we flip over to some audience questions? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's one page, and it's an infographic, which can not help you buy anything uh, just from that page. So the idea is we have, a, we have a solution providers page with short profiles on vendors. It's not to say one is better than the other. We have an infographic. 
uh, with many vendors, all from the solution providers page. It's not to say that one's better than the other, but we're, we're bucketing them into different categories, identity and verification, authentication, more of your fraud platforms from the transaction monitoring stages, um, things that deal with chargeback mitigation. So it, it, the idea is a jumping off point where you hear, hey, this new vendor's in the market, uh, what do they do? And, and, and everybody has lots of things that um, go outside the box that we put them in. And we hear about all the things that they do outside of the box that we put them in. But um, the idea is to give you a landscape, a jumping off point, um, and, and then do, do, do your homework. And it, you shouldn't be looking at every single one. You should, again, understand, um, as what Aaron was saying, understand how, you, how, how your ship is running, how, how, where your gaps are, where you know, a certain signal here at your, in your identity verification flow may, may add value, where you're getting crushed by bots at you know, account takeovers, well, that, that might lead you to here. Hopefully, it just guides you uh, to um, understand the landscape because it's super overwhelming for us. It's overwhelming for people who have been in the industry for a while. So um, if you're new or if you're just trying to wrap your head around it, um, it's a lot. And, and you just need to take it step by step. But you, you don't want to just ignore new technology just because it's, it's, it's you know, oh, I got what I got. Because there is real value out there. It's just not the easiest process to unearth that value. Maybe two comments on this. Uh, some of you know, when we started about fraud around about six years ago, that was actually the starting point in launching the company that we went to many conferences. We have seen many providers out there, and we could not really understand what is this company doing? What is the use case? What is the industry? What is the regional focus? That was actually the starting point in building this directory in the beginning, building an infographic. They'd be giving guidance, at least high level, uh, how you could look into the industry. And uh, yeah, that was the starting point. And today we have over, I think, 110 providers now uh, in different categories. We're adding new categories. We just added like the orchestration layer. We added like KYC, especially for crypto companies. Uh, so we're trying also to involve the landscape because new players coming up. So maybe we can take a few audience questions here before we run out of time. Um, just by show of hands, anybody feel free to dump, jump right in. That's it, guys. You answered all of the audience questions. <laughs> I mean, uh, while you're thinking of more, um, there's and there's lots of good advisory folks out there. I don't want to say, you know, um, advisory firms that uh, do deep dive research into these providers. So I think you need to aggregate a lot of your your collective intelligence. But I don't think there's any one source. You know, we're a good jumping off point. You get advisory information. You get consulting information. You learn from what your friends, you know, um, has worked for them. But ultimately, you really need to, there's no shortcut you can, there's obviously no silver bullet, no one solution, but there's no shortcut. You're going to have to put the work into understand your business challenges, understand what that provider does, and um, you know, put a plan together to um, invest in whatever technology and data that you think you need. And it's, you're never going to go in and be like, man, I crushed it. There's no way this doesn't go wrong. Like, you're always going to feel like, you know, all right, this is what I'm going with. But um, 
you, you got to have a balance between doing your research and not paralysis from analysis too, because you could spend the rest of, you know, um, your years or whatever job you are evaluating different technologies, and then you just end up with nothing after the end of a couple of years. So um, it's a balance of uh, uh, inaction and doing research and eventually taking action. And if uh, that wasn't the right choice, depending on how um, hard it is to take out of your system, um, it, then you move forward. But but you. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a philosophy thing that I that I think works. Maybe one note: uh, we're going to launch soon our own first anti-fraud report, and the idea was we have seen many reports out there. Some are short, many are very long, and we tried. We can make this a bit different, so we actually picked the fintechs or the banks as a kind of a first topic, and we created a report based on touch points. So what are the touch points of a customer actually uh, in the journey of a bank? So really about the, the onboarding, the, the, the login, the uh, transaction, etc. And then also we try to add like really useful facts about what, what, what really the KPIs from a, from a fraud point of view, what are the trends, what are the data. So that's something which comes out pretty soon. You might have seen the QR code on, on the slides. So please uh, sign up. Once the report is out, you will get it first. And when you don't have questions, we give shameless plugs. That's what you learned there. <laughs> right there. Um, yeah, sorry. When is the next project plug? Wow, that, I didn't plant that question. Um, <laughs> the plan is, uh, is next year. You know, that, that's the plan. The, uh, we, we've loved this. We've had, um, yeah, we're just really touched at, at the response. And, and we, lo we, we loved... Um, putting this all together, and uh, if everything goes according to plan, it's next year. Details, that's a longer conversation, but um, yeah, 2024. <laughs> well, guys, thank you for putting together this event. Thanks for this panel. It's been very interesting to hear your views on, on the vendor landscape. Um, thank you very much.